Boker Tov. So we're uh, running short on time, so I wanted to get Always. started. Time is never. Yeah, we're, we're perennially short on time. You know, it's a it's a it's a life issue. Yes. It's not a it's not a it's not when a morning class issue. Torah learning. When it comes to when it comes to life in general, look how fast time flies. We've you know we've been in this coronavirus for five mo- four or five months already. It feels it's like yesterday. Amazing how time flies. Just to quickly, um, yes. tomorrow tonight is obviously Tisha B'Av. Tomorrow they slated me for a class at two p.m. You're not gonna be able to come I right that time. I, I I think it's too early in the day. Um, I personally, but uh, I'll probably. If you post it, I'm gonna. No, no, of course. I, I'm I'm gonna post everything, but I also want to get together today. We're going to do. Um, we're going to do here. We we got up to Pasuk Zain in Perak in the fourth Perak. I want yeah, tomorrow will be perfect if we stop right before Kitalid Banim today, then we'll be able to do Kitalid Banim on Tisha B'Av. So if you have a time sometime in the afternoon, I don't know, maybe like twenty minutes or thirty minutes before Mincha, then maybe we could get together and do our parasha class. I don't know. I'll send it to you in our okay. chat. Right. But um, yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow night meeting at the end of the fast. So maybe, maybe there is also Right. So maybe seven thirty we get together. Wow. Maybe we get together seven thirty. We'll do the Kitolid Banim. It's running Shalom. Okay. Tomorrow, every Thursday, tomorrow, every Thursday, tomorrow, every Thursday, tomorrow, every Thursday, tomorrow, 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 I don't, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a very... Oh. Yeah, that's all. Okay. Good enough reason. Yesterday, we, we did Tomorrow the pasuk. Tomorrow, we have a 7.30. So, you let us know at 7 o'clock. So, 7 o'clock probably. Uh, we'll have probably class. 7.45. Okay. 7.30 is Arab Okay, okay. Now, we did yesterday the psukim that relate to... Well, Moshe Rabbeinu is telling Am Yisrael why they should be keeping the Torah. And we said the reason he's going into it now is after explaining how we won't be able to go into the land with them, he said, okay, now that I'm not coming into the land, we need you to know exactly what the laws are and to care about the laws and to keep them. And now he's explaining why they should keep the laws. And one of the reasons we said that they should keep the laws of the Torah and, and keep their faith is because, is because these laws are brilliant. This, who, which other nation has such brilliant laws that these laws are going to make you look so amazing in the eyes of the other people and then we brought a few examples to that and everybody else is going to come to come and say how wise you are and how beautiful yeah exactly now, now we come we continue from that discussion Perek, fourth chapter seventh pasuk ki mi goi gadol elohim elav who else has which other nation a great nation has a, a God that is so close to them, like our God Hashem, that whenever we call out to Him, we, could, we have access. You know, the, Judaism is, is very unique in the fact that there is direct access to Borei Olam. In other cultures, and other religions, or in the pagan culture, you go to the Kohen, the Kohen does a ritual, and the Kohen talks to God for you. 
But the idea, uh, you know, we, we, we keep... Auto. Yeah, but, but for us, we pray directly to God. That's a revolutionary concept. <laughs> See, <laughs> the, the, the irony, one of the unfortunate things that happens in Yadut is because so many of the concepts ha were, were absolutely revolutionary, they took hold. The concepts took hold. Now, once they take hold, we forget where they come from. We forget to appreciate them. But you think 3,000 years ago it was normal for a person to be able to pray directly to God? They would do all these services and they would try to appease God. And they, but the nature of God as we, as we believe it to be, that's a very revolutionary idea. It's, all, it's purely Jewish. And it's only because modern cultures have accepted that notion of God to a very large extent that we don't appreciate how, what, what an amazing thing this really so was. This individual access your personal deity is and you go to a king like this individual individual access to god and and to a god who is not looking for anything from you to a god that's not looking to for for physical uh gifts from you either another pagan idea was that they would make offerings to gods you know that that's not we don't have meaning meaning they would like offer the god something that the god wanted to eat we bring korbanot as a means of training ourselves, or as a means of, right, if you go into Rambam, it's for other reasons, yeah. right? But their, but their idea of, of, they would have to appease the God by giving the God food and things like that, okay? Uh, we, don't, we don't have those, and, and our, our idea is much more advanced. Which great nation, or is there a great nation that has chukim mishpatim tzadikim, that has such righteous laws? Like the Torah that I'm giving you today. Now be careful, please, and, and take care and guard your soul or guard your person, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they go away from your heart all the days of your life. And not only should you guard against the negative of them leaving, also actively, actively pursue conveying them to the next generation. So you have to teach the laws of the Torah to the next generation as well. And by the way, the main focus of Limun Torah, the main focus, if you look in the Torah, Find me every place where I'm commanded to study the Torah. To teach it to your children. You will always find it couched in the language of teaching it to the next generation. We don't have Torah for... In, in the Chumash, the idea of learning just because I'm interested or learning for my own sake or learning for my own ulama ba is very, very muted. It's not a real concept in the Chumash. The Chumash... The focus is solely on conveying to the next generation. It's teaching. It's it's if a person maintaining, has maintaining yeah. the and then the, the there's no future. Right. Now the Chachamim say very interesting things. Uh, the Midrashim say or the Chachamim say Chazal and the Gemarot and they say that if a person has the ability to teach and he doesn't teach, it's a sin. Meaning refraining from teaching when you know and you could teach is a sin. Or you're you're hiding yeah, the, the, the idea is obviously each person... Yeah, exactly, exactly. And also a lot of people, they have, they're embarrassed to teach, right? But if, for some people, they're, embarrassed, they're, they're just insecure. But they should, if you know something and you, people will, uh, will listen to you and you could convey ideas in Torah, always teach. And this every person in his own way, right? At the Shabbat table, you hear something nice in the week, right? It's, it's a very good way to steer, this, steer discussion in a good way at a Shabbat table that, to bring an idea of Torah. 
You know, great people, they speak about ideas. The lowest people, they speak about other people. That's like the, the difference. No, no, it's, it's a big thing. Uh, great, great, low people speak about people. Medium people speak about things. Like, oh, I bought this nice car, this, that. And the greatest people, they speak about ideas. If you, if you take a look at your Shabbat table this week and, and just keep an ear open for which category of conversation it is. You'll be surprised. I mean, I don't want to say anything bad about my family, but we, we started to realize that why, why is there so much discussion about people, about other people's lives? Why does it matter? So it's very important to steer discussion in the direction of Torah. Okay, sorry for it. Even tangents. if you try, it's very hard. It, it's not it, easy. It, no, no, it'll go. It'll go. The conversation will go with all the things. No, no, not necessarily in bad yeah, things. Yeah, just, uh, just the fact that you're talking yes. about other people, though. There are so better. You know, even friends, even if so you're not even if you're not sinning when you're talking about other people, there are better things you could talk yes. about. But you're missing Correct. out the opportunity. Correct. The day that you stood before God on the mount on Mount Sinai, Chorev is another word for Mount Sinai. When God told me to gather the nation, and I will teach them my word. So they should learn to fear me all the days that they're on the land, and that they should teach, teach their kids. Again, one word we say, finally we said, they should learn to fear me, and all of a sudden the Pasuk kids, no, 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 but they should teach their kids. So, uh, that's a very common theme in the Chumash. We never really see learning... To learning Torah for learning's sake. It's always learning for teaching's sake. What, what other example is there? Where do we learn the the idea of learning Torah from in general? What is the what is the main pasuk for learning Torah? You know, in the Shema. Uh, what's the pasuk in the Shema? And where do you learn the idea that I have to learn myself? Right? It's, it's talking about in reference to kids. How can I teach the kids without knowing myself? Right? But, but even the Shema, where we learn the mitzvah, the Torah from there, even that is couched in the language of teaching, which tells you how important it is to convey these ideas and to make sure they, they get passed on. You know, it's very nice for you to go to Gan Eden. But, you know, the, for, for the... Yeah, exactly. Okay. And you came and you stood at the foot of the mountain and the mountain was on fire to the heart of the sky. There was dark, there was cloud and there was a uh, cloud. Again, Arafel is another type of cloud. So he's describing... Now, uh, what is this whole... Arafel is far. Arafel far. Yeah, right, exactly. In modern Hebrew. What is that? Yeah, now what, what, what we just did, if you're just following the speech, now one of the things to point out about Moshe's speech is that, you know, whenever someone, he, he gets, he's giving a motivational speech, the mind, there definitely is a connection from item to item within the speech, but it also flows very naturally. A good speaker, he won't say, okay, I'm done with that idea, now next idea. No, the, the ideas, they flow. Right? Welcome, welcome. Join us, join us. Talking and talking. It's okay. It's okay. We still have some time to learn. Okay. Uh, now, now, when you see us, what we're talking about Devarim is about Moshe Rabbeinu's speech. And one of the things you'll notice is that the ideas are going to flow. You're not going to really be able to pinpoint, like it's not going to be made clear to you when he's changing topics. But he is changing topics. All every topic related to the previous one. 
obviously you have to see where his mind is going. But what the text does do very nicely is that it conveys, it, it makes the speech sound very natural. Even though this is a recorded speech, meaning Bore Olam decided what, which of the speech to put in the Torah, he still left it in speech form so that you have that natural flow of ideas in a very beautiful way. So what's going on? We were talking about how because I won't enter the land, you have to keep the Torah. Now, he told them how good the Torah is, how the Torah is going to make you look so good in the eyes of the nation. And then he's saying, he wants you to, to focus on the fact that, and you even, which other nation had the access to get the Torah directly from God? You guys went That's to Har Sinai and got it. So this is a continuation of that theme. Why should you take, cherish this Torah so much? Because you went to Har Sinai and you received it directly from God yourself. You think that's a joke that you can go? And you saw and you saw the glory of God on the mountain. Is that a joke? No, of course you should accept the Torah. God spoke to you from within the fire. And God spoke to you from within the fire on top of the mountain. You heard the words, you heard the, the, the sounds. But you did not see any image except for a voice. Meaning you did see the, the fire and the thing on the mountain. But in terms of the presence of God, in terms of the manifestation of God, God conveyed His ideas to you only sound. through sound, through the audio. Oh, sorry, There's no sorry. vision. Who's giving the speech? Moshe Rabbeinu is giving the, the speech. The no, but you said someone's telling Moshe Rabbeinu also. No, this is recorded in the Torah. God... No matter what Moshe Rabbeinu said, God had to dictate exactly what made it into the five books. Right? So, so that, that's why I'm saying they preserved the nature of the speech. So the speech still sounds natural, even though it was a pre... It was, a, it was, it was reiterating what was told to him. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Now, um, and on the mountain, when you saw and you heard the, the, the mitzvot, what did God tell you? He taught you the your covenant that He commanded you to do, the Ten Commandments. And He wrote them on the two tablets. And that's why, by the way, this first speech we said is the motivational speech. Now, the second speech of Moshe Rabbeinu is going to be the speech where he goes through the mitzvot, so he reminds them of, a, of the halachot and everything, because it's obviously a new generation. They have to be reminded of all the halachot. They have to know what's relevant when they go into the land. We're going to open that second speech with the Aserta Adibrot, which is sure. in our parasha. Yes. Right? So, so uh, this is, again, this is still in the first speech where he's just giving them motivation. So he's just mentioning the fact that he received the Aserta Adibrot. When are we going to learn the details of the Aserta Adibrot? In the next speech, okay. And on that day, God commanded me. And on that day, God commanded me to teach you the laws and the ordinances for you to do them in the land that you are going in in order to inherit and to take over. But you must be very, very, very careful. That you did not see any image on the day that God spoke to you on the Mount Sinai from within the fire. Right. So, so listen. So you're, you now you see, you see how real the speech sounds. Because imagine what's on Moshe Rabbeinu's mind that I need to encourage them to what a great experience they had on Mount Sinai. What a great experience they had that that they were able to receive the Torah directly from God. But Moshe Rabbeinu, knowing the nature of the people, also realizes that everybody has a very strong tendency to take these glorified experiences and 
and misunderstand them or, or take them into the direction of Avodah Zarah, you know, a very glorified experience, what a person may have the tendency to do is to then say, I had this experience, I want to hold on to it, I want to maintain this experience, let me make a golden calf, let's say, in order to have a physical manifestation that I could actually relate to. By the way, that's exactly what the golden calf was. The people had this glorious experience on the mountain, and they say, we, we need a physical manifestation in order to connect, because it's very hard to connect to sound. Sound is a much more spiritual uh, sense than sight. Sight is something you could see, touch, feel. Sound is ideas. They're a, a little Humans more subtle. Are vision, very visual. What? What is that? Humans are, very Humans are very visual. Exactly. And Moshe, you could hear his, even when he's telling them how glorious their experience was at Mount Sinai, he realizes that I'm dealing with human beings who are very visual. And there's a very good chance that they could convert this experience I need, I need, I need into one Zarah. So now he's going to start telling them about how they should avoid Zarah. You should be very careful that you do not see any sight. Lest you destroy. And you make for yourselves a, 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 a molten image of anything. Of a male or a female. Hold on, let's just quickly do this. A, a, an image of any animal that's in the land or or the image, molten image of a, of a bird that could fly in the sky anything that crawls on the ground or anything that's in the water I'm just trying to get um, I want to try to get the Kitolid Banim so I'm just going to rush till the end unless you take your eyes to the sky unless you look up into the sky and you see the sun and the moon and the stars all of the, 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 the hosts of the sky and you become corrupted and you start bowing to them and you serve them that God has given to the world that is on the earth, right? Meaning that the one, the things that God has given us to, to, so that we can we can have yes, a sense of time yes. and live. Uh, you look to those and start maybe bowing to them. But you, God has taken out. And He's taking you out, and He took you out of the furnace of Mitzrayim to be His possession for, to this day. Why is He referencing the fact that He took you out of Mitzrayim? First of all, on a simple level, because. If you're going to start doing Abu Dazara, he specifically took you out of Mitzrayim in order to learn not to do Abu Dazara. Right? So that's the first reason it's, he's telling it's them. Part of the first commandment also. It's connected. Right. But, but on top of that, there's a deeper le level to this. I just heard this for the first time last time. It blew me away. He's telling them do not take God and make an image out of him. Do not take your experience at Mount Sinai and make a physical representation out of it. Do not bow to physical things that you could see. Even other things, even the sun, even the Yeah, moon. yeah, he said. Now, now he's saying, instead, meaning, and how would they typically make these physical items? With a furnace. They would put it in a furnace. Uh, so he's saying, God took you and he took you out of Egypt to make you into a representation. Meaning, you are not supposed to look to other, to, to molten images in order to, to have a connection to God. You are that connection to God yourself. Wow. You are the ones who are taken out of the furnace. You are purified. And now, what, what is the real way of connecting to God? Well, you have a direct connection. And the goyim, they, they have to come to you. So it's almost like 
we serve as the molten images for the goyim in a sense. Not in an Abu Dazara way. Not in a way that they, they think we are a representation of God, but we represent the will of God. We represent the, 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 sta- the statutes and the morality of God. It, it's, a, it's a very deep idea. Very, I, I, I was blown away when I heard it. So we are the chosen one. Right, right. And, and it, it manifests itself in the fact that we were purified through Egypt so that we can become an image to be latched onto by the rest of the people. Then God got angry at me and he said, I can't go into the land. And that I can't go into the good land that God has given you uh, uh, as a possession. Why is he repeating this again, by the way? Another very big kiddush. Because yeah. the first time he didn't show up somewhere, they did the golden calf. Yes. Now he's saying, look, this time I'm not, again, I'm not going not to be show with up. you. I'm not going to be there. Do not make that same mistake. Do not make an image. I'm not show up. Exactly. Last, last time I saved you guys too. Right, last time I was there to pray for you. Last time I prayed. This, this time you're not. Exactly. Okay, let's just finish it up. By the way, if uh, you're going to miss Kaddish. It was one day late. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm going to be dying here. I'm not crossing the Jordan. But you're going to to cross and you're going to conquer this land don't forget the covenant of God that he established with you and, and do not make a molten image that God has commanded you against because God is a, is a, a burning flame he is a vengeful God what we saw basically is that in, in the process of encouraging Am Yisrael to appreciate the Torah and appreciate the glory of their experience at Mount Sinai, he's cautioning them against the mistake they made the first time, which was to take that experience and try to make it a physical thing. As, as Farad said, we have, we're a very visual uh, uh, people. People, people human nature is very visual. We struggle with the sound. We struggle with being able to just listen and use the more elevated, more spiritual senses. We typically like to see things, even ideas. We want to see them what, in physical that's form. Like, and that's a big problem. That was sort of like, like most was up there. He was listening to why was there need to the, the, why was there a need for a burning bush something right, visual for motion? Maybe maybe you could say maybe you could say on the path towards the Why did it need to be a visual for a tree burning bush?